1: Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first,
2: On Second Thought.
1: On Second Thought, episode 230, brought to you by Hook'em.com and our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with the Duck, Kirk Bowles, and Duck, friend of the family, friend of the podcast, Barry Trammell, award-winning columnist of the Oklahoman, joining us, and so much to talk about. The Sooners are number two in the polls, and we'll get to that in a second, but uh, Barry, uh, are we really going to be covering SEC football in a couple of years? Max, It
0: it's, it sounds like it. You know, I went to – a couple of weeks ago, me and my family went down to Gulf Shores, Orange Beach, and uh, went through uh, Oklahoma, Texas, missed Arkansas by about 20 miles, went down through Mississippi, Louisiana, Mississippi, and into Alabama, and missed Florida by about four miles. And I thought, here in a little bit, uh, this isn't even going to be that cool. I'm going to be touring the SEC every autumn. <laughs> uh i guess we are for crying out loud uh it's, it's an ex- it's exciting in a way a lot of new faces a lot of new sites uh but in a way it's also a little bit of a shame because it's leaving behind a whole bunch of you know familiar places and familiar friends so it's a mixed bag i think
3: it's just so many emotions it's just incredible and i agree with you that just we're leaving a lot of friends behind, and that, that saddens me. And a lot of a lot of good programs, a lot of people we have relationships with. But by the same token, like you say, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, I'm excited about seeing stadiums, football stadiums I've never set foot in. I've never been to the Swamp. I've never been between the Hedges or Tennessee. Uh, I counted them up, uh, guys. I, I've been to nine of the, I guess, 16 stadiums uh when this takes place. I am curious how many you've been to, Barry? Uh have you been well, to most all of them?
0: You know what? I've been to uh of course Missouri, i M. I've been to Mississippi State, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee. And I think that's it. I don't know how many that is,
3: but you've been to Tennessee. I've not been there. Tennessee's a pretty cool place. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh oh you played them in non conference a few years back. Yeah and I I was at-
0: there in 95, OSU played them when Peyton Manning was there in 95. And then I went back in 15 um, in the Baker Mayfield first year. But it's a great place. Georgia's a lot of fun. It's a great place. Alabama's great. Um, but I've never been to LSU. I haven't been to Florida.
3: I've been to LSU. I have not been to Tennessee. Of course, that was back when they were Division I, right? When yeah. The, the wow. Bears.
1: Wow. Really, Doug? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs>
3: Truth heard said hey man you know where,
0: you know where I've never I've never been to a football game in
1: Fayetteville
3: I mean you Oh, got, really oh you never've never, never been to a football game in Fayetteville so I've been about 20 you're in for a treat have you said
1: yeah. okay so let's see where I've gone let's see I've gone to Fayetteville in 04 uh I went to Alabama Missouri? I did Alabama I did Missouri. Kyle Field, of course
3: have you been to LSU
1: Never been to Baton Rouge. Never, okay. I think it's just those four. Never been to the Mississippi's, never been to Auburn. Oh, that Auburn was never great. been to Florida. Yeah, so I think four. I think four. I yeah.
3: think Florida and Georgia are the ones I'm looking to, but you guys are in for a treat. Baton Rouge and Fayetteville, I mean, those are those are different worlds, those are different worlds, and, and that's going to be fun. So, read the tea leaves for us, Barry. Uh, are we covering SEC for real next year? Two years? There's no chance in 24, is there? Well, I think there's a chance um,
0: because I think that's the big 12s game plan yep
2: Makes because sense.
0: wherever that, whatever happens to them, whether they fall into other leagues or whether or whether they uh, make a go of it on their own. Whatever contract they're going to get is not going to be in the neighborhood of what they have right now. Exactly. So they'll do all they can to extend that thing, keep that thing going as long as they can. Now, you know, lame ducks really don't work. anybody in the modern era has waited is two years, two seasons. Arkansas did it when they left the Southwest Conference. And then uh, one of those ACC or two of them, Louisville, Syracuse, or Pitt, there's so many – Mm-hmm. My, out of the ACC, I couldn't keep up, but it's happened a couple of times. But nobody really wants that, and you know, you in Texas will do all they can to to speed it up and make it make it one year mm-hmm. and maximum of two. But conversely, I think I think the Big Twelve, you know, if they don't have a lot of great options right now, and their best, yeah. That may just be stick together and and collect paychecks as long as they can.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, they made what thirty five million last year in a COVID year. They've been up to thirty seven or thirty eight million. But you know, and said, and I've written about this too. That if you add a BYU, uh, a Boise, a UCF, a Cincinnati, I don't know, you still probably won't get what maybe twenty million a year, if that much. Maybe less than that. So. Those
1: guys don't really move the needle in the collective. They don't. Right. Yeah. I actually think BYU. That's a big them. one.
0: I think BYU helps them. I don't see a second one that helps
3: them. I agree. The well, way I, I figure yeah. it out,
0: the, 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 of course, everybody's math is different, but I'm estimating that that it's going to cost like Oklahoma State, West Virginia, whoever we're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're going to start if they went on ahead with just the eight of them mm-hmm. it's going to be 15 million dollars less than what wow yeah so, i agree with that so i don't know you know maybe brigham young or somebody could make that 20, mm-hmm. but they're not going to make it five million
2: yeah
0: so they're better off playing with ou and texas as long as they can and um, ho- hopefully we don't end up in court. That'd be the worst thing. The one <laughs> possible uh, solution would be a court case. But I don't. I wouldn't put it past either side. I mean, if they try to leave, and or if if you know the the Big Twelve, I, th- I think there's some legs to this thing. But the the ESPN anger from the Big Twelve, right? I think I think we could end up in a court case. I hope we don't.
3: I just yeah. think. Texas and OU, they manufactured this whole deal. So this is what you want. You should just step up, pay the piper. Yeah. This is what yeah. you want. Try to get ESPN any up. There's no Longhorn Network anymore. And just pay what you owe them and get out, you know. So, and, and I'm curious, too, both of you guys. I mean, you know, we're seeing a super conference, 16 teams, a lot of heavyweight names, a lot of brands. And, and on some level, does it not make sense because, like, even if you go to a 12-team playoff, you're not getting six SEC teams in, I don't think.
1: Are you sure about that, Kurt?
3: No, I'm no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, you know what? I was pretty
0: sure we were gonna look, be looking at four absolutely out of the 14 team SEC. And you in right. yeah. Texas in there, and you you know, I don't know if you get six. Yeah. But they'll be knocking on the door for five. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I don't. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with the with the playoff. I mean, I was all fired up most of the summer, right, about that 12-team playoff, and I had a bunch of other ideas to write about it. <laughs> all of a sudden, we got conference realignment, and it, you know everything else gets pushed to the back burner
3: That's what realignment does. And, and Oklahoma State, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure you probably thought they were joined at the hip of the OU, same as we did A&M in Texas. And. There's going to be a lot of bad feelings, lingering bad feelings. And what I wonder, once this happens, would you expect the two Oklahoma schools to play each other in football and other sports, or would they just be too much acrimony?
0: I think, well, I would expect them to play. I think there's a big difference between uh, the Bedlam and the uh, Texas and Texas A&M stuff Um, Mm -hmm. for this reason. When we've seen, like, Kansas, Missouri stop playing, and we've seen A&M and Texas stop playing, Right. West Virginia Pitt was a little bit the same way. We're talking about uh, arch rivals who are sort of on the same uh, economic footing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a money decision. Texas and Texas A&M stopped playing. It was more just feeling, Mm -hmm. emotion, that kind of thing. Right. OSU were on different economic planes. And. It really doesn't matter to OU financially if they play OSU, mm-hmm. but to OSU, if they play OU,
1: that's a so big gate.
0: I've been telling them. I've been and, and the television is the the television contract. I've been telling people in Stillwater, don't make a don't make decisions based on emotion. Carry mm-hmm. a spot here. You got to make decisions based on on uh, facts and logic mm-hmm. and money. And, and and whether whether OSU proceeds with a watered down Big Twelve or whether they're trying to get into a potential Pac sixteen, either way, if you can go to a network and say, "Listen, we're going to have OU in our stadium every other year," well, that's a that's a big deal to Fox. Mm-hmm. You know, say so so, yeah. we'll play it. At, we'll play it at eleven a.m. and have your big noon kickoff. You know, bedlam and. Vedum's been the site of game day three times in the last 10 years. So wow. Uh, wow. it's a popular game. Uh, yeah. And so that's, and I told Lois, you got to beef up that non, whatever you do, you got to beef up that non-conference schedule. Not, not for competitive reasons. This is serious money we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, this trying to win a certain way and all that, that's out the window. You're trying to save your financial life. And beefing up that schedule is the best way to do it. And have an OU annually on the schedule, which means a home game with them every other year, is mm-hmm. the selling point you can make to the networks.
1: And, and, Barry, isn't it also a selling point you can make to the Pac-12 if you're yeah. trying to stay in that super conference mix?
0: Oh, no. Yeah, no doubt. Pac-12 needs to get into the central time zone. It seems to me mm-hmm. from, from a network standpoint, um, you know, four teams from the Big Twelve would, I think, appeal to Fox. Fox is the big loser in all this. Oh wow! You know, Fox is. You know, Fox has uh, has part of the Big Ten. They got part of the Pac twelve. They got part of the Big Twelve. But you know, OU and Texas and Ohio State and Michigan that's their that's their bread and butter, basically. And mm-hmm. they lost half of it, basically. Um, and you know that it's. Bob Stoops told me a funny story. He, I, I talked to him a little bit after uh, the news broke. And uh, he said he was, you know, he's he's joined Big Noon Kickoff, their big their show, He's Urban Meyer. And he said not long after the news broke, they're doing a doing a conference call with all the crew. And he talks to Rob Stone, the host. And Rob Stone was sort of down and out. He said, hey, Rob, what's wrong? And he said, I'm bummed out about this OU Texas thing. And Stoops said, why are you bummed out? which Stoops is so new to the TV game. He didn't even even understand the ramifications, but Mm -hmm. is literally bummed out They (laughs) Texas. And he knows that's a big blow to Fox. Yeah. Fox needs to fortify as much as it can getting into the central time zone with the PAC 12 would help um, none of whatever, four, whether it's three Texas schools and OSU or whether it's, Tech and TCU and OSU and K-State, whatever whatever foursome they come up with, is not going to make up, you know, for OU and Texas. But it, it could help to have, you know, Southern Cal playing at Oklahoma State. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be a, you know, that'd be a marketable game, having Oregon mm-hmm. playing uh, TCU in Fort Worth. Um, right. You know, those are things that they can work with to some degree, besides, you know, the, the limited – the limited inventory they have now
3: but you know maybe they're looking at the so-called alliance with the big 10 as their entree into the central time zone and and further east and maybe they think that's enough because we haven't read a whole lot lately that lately that makes them think like they're salivating over you know big 12 and, oh no, you know, no,
0: no yeah I'm with you I think it's a, I think it's a very tough
3: yeah I think tough 50 5050
0: I, I think it's less than 50 yeah. 50 pack would come calling.
3: Yeah, things. I, I agree with you. And I, I've even said, Sid, I don't know what you thought about this, uh, that Oklahoma state might be the most attractive of the remaining eight because central time zone uh, Oklahoma sports is big in that state. Uh, so you bring eyeballs from that state and quite frankly, Oklahoma state's good in almost every sport. You know, you look at everything from football, basketball, golf, you know, uh, baseball, women's softball. Now they've got a really strong athletic program. So, am I completely out of out of bounds? No, well, no. You know,
0: in, in NCAA championships, Oklahoma State's fourth in the nation in the NCAA championships, behind. Wow. Behind uh, UCLA, Stanford, and Southern Cal, I think. Wow. Three a lot of wrestling probably
3: wrestling and golf a lot, right? of,
0: a lot of wrestling and then some golf and baseball and whatever right. else it was cross country but but you know it's still it's some, you know still something you can say and mm-hmm. interested in but no i think you're right it is it is a tough it's a tough sell culturally it doesn't fit none of the schools do right um, right you know yeah let's uh, especially during covid yeah let's uh, let's try to talk the Cal Berkeley president into joining a, a league with some schools from Texas and Oklahoma. That'll, <laughs> that'll be an easy sell. How <laughs> <So, roading>
1: <laughs> blues yeah. that blood?
0: Yeah. So, you know, and it's, they're, they're they're not prestigious academic institutions, which matters at Berkeley and Stanford and UCLA and places. So it's name schools
1: that aren't winning right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. We need help too. Tough call. It's a tough call right now to get into the Pac-12, but if the networks say do it, they'll do
3: it. Yeah, they'll dance. Well, let's let's talk about some real football. Uh, Barry, stupid as I am, I put Oklahoma number one on my AP vote. Wow. Uh, tell, me, tell me how wrong I am, Barry.
0: Well, they haven't won a playoff game since uh, most of these guys were unborn. Uh literally, I mean, one years ago since they won a, a playoff game. Wow. So uh, Let's see, there are three national title games, and then they've lost uh, four uh, national semifinals.
2: Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: mm-hmm. You know, a seven-game losing streak in, in playoff games. Are they better? That looks like it. Are they capable? It looks like it. Is the defense mm-hmm. you know, some fangs? It looks like it. Mm-hmm. They actually do it. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get too down, too far down the optimistic road.
1: <laughs> but you know it, it, And here's the dichotomy. I, I, I gotta drop some knowledge on our on our listeners. When you're talking about the team that you cover the most, like Barry is probably going to be really optimistic about the Longhorns. <laughs> you don't have to deal with them. Kirk Bowles votes OU number one. And 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 he doesn't have to deal, he doesn't have to deal with the horns. He's what did you vote Texas, Kirk?
3: I voted him 17 ahead of the 21st spot where they're at.
1: So you are nicer than a longhorn. So I I am gonna say, you know, and and I love the quarterback. And uh what what is the level of height? In Norman, when it comes to Spencer Radler, because he is all over the place, Barry, um, on name, image, and likeness, he's got his own website. Uh, how does the football player look so far?
0: Well, uh, I don't claim to know. <laughs> I think I last saw a practice in two thousand and eight. <laughs> so none of the, so they they're not allowing you to see anything. No, they've actually allowed uh, they let video in, and I guess I could go if I wanted to, for 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, um, we, hear, we hear you. Twice. Uh, I don't go because uh, last time I went, we did this at a bowl game, and uh, I went and they literally didn't do anything except stretch and just <laughs> run around looking like they were we we playing, playing games with towels. But uh, Lincoln did say that uh, in the scrimmage Sunday night, that um, offense had some explosive plays early, but then the defense sort of exerted itself. And he said he thought it was pretty much a wash. Mm-hmm. It's good news for the OU defense, not great news for the OU offense, because, you, you know, somebody with a, an offense like OU and a veteran quarterback, they'd light people up. But I assume he'll be fine. I mean, <clears throat> Adler was really good the second half of the year. He was a little bit shaky culminating in that Texas game where he actually got benched for a couple of series. Mm-hmm. Right. But he got with it and became a, a really good player the second half of the season. And um, I assume he's going to be fine. I I think the jury is out on whether he's a superstar or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we we knew that Baker Mayfield was, you know, didn't take long. Right. He had good feelings about Kyler Murray and there was zero doubt about that. And Jalen Hurts was just really, you know, we, we talk about his transformation at uh, under Lincoln Riley, and there was some truth to that, but he's also the, you know, the SEC Offensive Player of the Year when he said Alabama one year. So the guy could play. Mm-hmm. You know, Rattler could be all of that and even more, I suppose, but he really hadn't done it yet. What's interesting is this is the first time since uh, 15 that OU's had a quarterback quarterback. Um, or who who is uh, uh, or the first time since Baker Mayfield they got a quarterback who's coming back? You know, mm-hmm. quarterbacks every year since since Mayfield. Right. So, uh, there's something good to be said for that, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And um, I guess we'll find out in September. They play West Virginia after Nebraska, and I think West Virginia is going to be pretty solid, especially on defense. Right, a so, lot better. Yep. We'll know we'll know we'll know pretty quick um what, what he's gonna do. We won't necessarily find out against Tulane or Western Carolina and maybe not even against Nebraska.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I just dislike him because it seemed like good to really good at so many different places on their team. I mean, running back, I mean you get you know, you got Kennedy Brooks already, and then here comes Eric Gray and probably gonna be the starter, the transfer from uh Tennessee and, you know, you got Marvin Mims and, you know, and all those receivers and you got a good tight end and a good line and defensive front looks pretty good. I mean, is, is there one key for this being a championship team? Is there one player or one phase that needs to come through, Barry? Well,
0: it's odd to say, but the weak link or the maybe unproven part of this team, mm-hmm. a wide receiver which is a position where forever they just had guys fall out of trees on top of their play. And Lincoln was not happy with them last year. He thought they were underachieved, and he's not mm-hmm. really on them right now. But you'd think places place like OU would have all the receivers that needs mm-hmm. So So, you know, they got Marvin Mims back. He's an outstanding freshman last year. And then they got another freshman who looks great this year, Mario Williams. But mm-hmm. – but that's really sort of the that's sort of the question mark right now. Everybody's excited about their linebackers. Put me down as uh, a little bit skeptical because I just don't really not buying into it. I can see the depth on the defensive line is really good. I can see they're way better in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I've seen where OU's actually been playing with uh with extraordinary linebackers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Until right. I do, I'm not going to get excited about it.
1: Yeah, there's not a, there's not a Hollywood Brown on this team. Um I know Drake Stoops, you know, he's he's a name, but you know, he's he's not keeping defensive coordinators up late nights. Um
3: yeah, the Oise, is Yeah, but, doesn't, yeah, but
1: they, doesn't it seem like uh, Lincoln Riley always figures it out offensively and his quarterbacks always come around so yeah, like you said, with uh, Jalen Hurts, it's, people made a little bit too much of what he did here. He was a stud at Alabama. He just lost his job, and and so it's not like he didn't know how to play football. So I, I really think they're going to figure it out offensively. Defensively is the defense is always what's been their bugaboo in these playoff losses. Somewhere along the line, they ran into a bigger, burlier team, and they and they got run over. So that that's the big. Issue for me,
3: and they're yeah. playing really good teams. LSU, one of the greatest teams ever, and Georgia offense was pretty damn good. So, you know, I yeah, consider the, the competition too. No, that's that's true, but
0: you know the the uh, when when you look at the Big Twelve teams, you know Kansas State's beat OU twice in a row and have done it with offense. Right. Yes. Who Who else has Kansas State scared with its offense. I mean, OSU beat mm-hmm. them it, it the last year or the year before. It's one of the most boring games I've ever seen. OSU beat them like 20-18, and it was like K-State kicked six field goals or something. Ugh. It was like it was 1952 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that team went up and down the field and beat Oklahoma. So 38-35. Yeah. OU's better on defense, no doubt about it. But I still want to see it happen. Against a great team now, and you know what they took it to Florida. Florida's missing a lot of guys, right, right. But so was OU. I mean, Trey Brown, you know, been an excellent cornerback. He's an opt out of that bowl, so mm-hmm. it wasn't just Florida missing players. So they they're better. They're playing better. But you still, I still want to see him I still want to see it happen.
3: She said, Barry's. We love Barry. He's a brother, and he's He's looking at the glass half full. We're here in Austin. We're looking for the glass, okay? (laughs) Oklahoma's won what six in a row, seven in a row. I lose count. They win every year. So uh, we're trying to get to that Oklahoma level. So uh, uh, anyway, you know, one last thing on, on Oklahoma and the national championship races. One of the reasons I give OU a lot of stock is that the teams that are also there lost so heavily. You know, Alabama, six first-round draft choices, 10 overall. And you got to break in a new receiver, plays Heisman, trophy winner, new quarterback, Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, ETN, gone. Georgia had some losses. Florida, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts. So, you know, a lot of the usual suspects lost people. Ohio, Ohio State, too. So, I give yeah. OU a little leg up, you know, partly for that, just returning people. They,
0: they certainly look like this is their best chance, to crack through, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um the week 17, 2017, that Baker Mayfield senior year, they were they were as good as Alabama and Georgia. They went double overtime with Georgia, Georgia yep. overtime with Alabama in the title game. Right. Teams were virtual equals. But since then, 18, 19, certainly mm-hmm. last year, they weren't on the level of the elite teams. We, we saw him play the elite teams. It wasn't, it wasn't competitive. This year looks like they're back to where they could be on the same level with those teams. If you play well in the, in showdown, you got to, you know, you can advance.
3: Yeah, they're going to want to put eighty on Nebraska, probably, if not a hundred.
1: That could get ugly.
3: That could is that is, that
1: is that in Norman or or
3: like it's it, In Norman.
0: It's in oof. Norman. You know, Nebraska tried to get out of the game in March.
3: I've been trying to get out
0: of
1: the, the, the other 11 as well.
0: <laughs> so uh, that, that could go, that could go sideways real
3: quick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anybody else in the conference that, I don't know, Iowa State getting a lot of pub, a lot of cred, you know, you got your Purdy and Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler and people, Mike Rose. Do you think they're legitimate? Uh, I, think they 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 legitimate. I think they are legitimate.
0: I think they are legitimate. Now I don't know when they lose this batch of stars, yeah, Oh, I know Matt Campbell's got the assembly line going. Right. I just know it if he has, but um, but he's got enough really good players back that I think they are legit. Yeah. Last year, heck, they beat them in Ames, and yeah. they took them to the wire in Arlington. So mm-hmm. everybody's as good as OU was last year. So uh, I like them a lot. Um, I think uh, OSU could be really good on defense, will be really good on defense. I don't know about the quarterback play. Spencer Sanders has just been so-so through two years. Mm -hmm. Good quarterback play. You're not really going anywhere in the Big 12. That's true. That's key for OSU. Um, I think TCU and West Virginia are solid, but probably not contender. Right. So, you know, that's – I think it's most likely OU and Iowa State uh, with Spencer Sanders and then whatever happens in Austin as sort of the wild cards.
3: Yeah, I like Tech. I think Tech's kind of my dark horse to improve, not to win at all. But they, they've got so many tra- – got like 15 transfers. So, well, how do you uh, know? Well, uh, the defense can't be much worse said and they got Tyler uh, Shuck, I believe, the Oregon transfer quarterback. So, and, you know, Matt Wells on the hot seat. He better deliver or who knows, Art Brawls may be coaching in love. Oh, my. Right wow. You know, speaking
0: of, this, speaking of that, guys, this goes back to the conference realignment. I got to thinking about this. If you're a Big 12 football coach, you ought to have pretty good job security. Because those eight schools, are they in position to pay off
3: contracts here? No, you're years? right. You're right. I mean, if
0: you're Texas Tech, yeah, get on some more debt, you're not going to say, "Oh, well, we're going to pay this guy 4 million dollars not to coach." If you got 4 million extra dollars laying around, mm-hmm. let me tell you, there's all kinds of places they're going to be able to spend it in oh, the next yeah. Keeping the track program alive, <laughs> you know, you know be so, finish. Yep. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think people like Matt Wells, who I love, he's an Oklahoma he's from Salisaw pulling for him hard. Um, his job security got better here in the, last, yeah. in the last month, thanks to the Sooners and the Longhorns.
3: Yeah. That's a very good point. Very good point. I like Matt Wells too. Lance Leipold. I I really loved I Talked to him for about an hour and at Kansas, I don't know if they'll win three games, but, uh, uh, I don't Kirk, know. It's just uh, go ahead, Sam. Kirk, Kirk,
1: Kirk will talk to anybody for an hour if he could get the cell phone number. <laughs> I try to talk him about writing about Lance pole. People in Austin don't care about landslide pole. People in Kansas don't care about landslide pole. So why should we be writing about it?
3: He's a nice guy, and he's he's big in Buffalo. I'll, I'll put it that way.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well. Oh. Well, man, Barry, it's been a pleasure, as usual. We're going we're to do- chop it up again before that second Saturday in October. Hopefully, hopefully both teams will be ranked. We know one of them will be. We hope that the other one will be. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us, man. And uh, Kurt's going to work on that number one ranking. We'll see if the Sooners are still number one in our hearts by the time we meet. Thanks for joining yeah. us, bro. Look forward to it, guys.
3: Thank you, Barry. Bye bye. On Second Thought.
2: True crime lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16 year old Justin Mello, plus better known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher.
1: Duck, Barry Trammell, bringing it as usual. Um, He's not as excited about the Sooners as you are, sir. (laughs) He's not.
3: Well, you put it you put it right. I mean, you, the the team out of town is always better than the team that you see. And it's cause we see all the warts, you know. And when you're from afar, they're kind of names and you know, you're not going to practice and stuff. And plus they won six in a row. So I guess I would throw that out as a caveat. Like, yeah, why would I pick Oklahoma? Why why wouldn't I? to to make a deep run when they're good every year, even if they start the year 0-2 in the Big 12.
1: Well, unlike the Oklahoma Sooners, the Texas Longhorns have question marks at quarterback. You got Barry Trammell going, well, we don't know if Spencer Rattler's a superstar or not. We know he's good. We know that already. Texas has no idea what they have because – because these guys have only been been in front of the live bullets a couple of times. So I, I didn't think that Sark was too happy with what he saw in the scrimmage from one Casey Thompson and one Hudson Carr. Did you get that, that sense after we spoke with him, Doug?
3: Oh, absolutely. Cedric. I mean, he said they did not play uh, acceptable football according to our standard. And he said, I think they would say the same thing. So That makes me a little nervous, and I think Longhorn fans a little nervous. When you got one more scrimmage left, you know, the third one's a dress rehearsal, as we all know. And when we talked to him Saturday after the first scrimmage and then again uh, this week uh, before the Wednesday night practice, it's like he said they look better. He said the last two days, uh, Monday and Tuesday were their best two days of camp. And hopefully he means it, and he was speaking the truth. but. It's getting close, Sid. Here's
1: here's a little bit more of what he said about these quarterbacks.
2: The reality of it is, I you know, I'm probably harder on that position than any other position on the field from a coaching perspective, and so, you know, we demand a lot of them. Um, you know, and and we're not going to settle. And so, the, the point of that is, you know, we're going to keep pushing them and and to be the best that they can be, so that we can be the best that we can be. And so. Um, I have to find that right threshold with them to know kind of where their ceiling is right now. And the only way you can find that out is by putting them in those scenarios to get a level of understanding of where they're at. Because the worst thing I would want is to go all training camp long with, with training wheels on those two guys and then come the first game and I'm taking the training wheels off and I don't know that they can't ride a bike yet. So we, we we take the training wheels off early um we we force them to learn to ride a bike and like a parent teaching your kid to ride a bike at some point you got to let go of the seat and they might fall but that's okay we got to get them back up we got to get them back on the bike and we, and we got to let them learn to ride again and you know once they learn to ride then they can they'll start pedaling faster and all those types of things but You you can't leave the training wheels on and then expect them to miraculously know how to ride a bike. You've got it. you got to push the envelope. And that's what we're doing with them right now.
1: So, Doug, I don't think that he is nervous about what's coming up, this decision. Uh, I don't think that he wants to go into the opening week preparing for ooh-la-la and going, man, which one do I pick? So I think it's coming down to to brass taxes here uh, right now as of Thursday. I, I think by by Monday, you know don't don't you think by by you know a week from Monday before then, like this coming week by Friday, I think he needs to go ahead and pull the trigger
3: even if he doesn't tell us. You're talking about not this Friday but a week from Friday? Yes. Yeah, I think he won't go into game week not knowing because, you know, you got to put in your offense and your game plan and everything like that. So I really think Saturday's scrimmage will probably be a winner take all. Uh, you know, he, he has not said there's been any separation, even though Hudson Card took, you know, a lot of the, the first team reps on Tuesday and uh, with the media watching. So he he knows that's out there. And we talked last week that, when we had a chance to interview both quarterbacks, how Casey Thompson came across as a guy thinking this is his team. You know, his his rhetoric, his body language, his confidence, everything he said, the extra meeting time with the receivers, everything spoke to all the media I think that we know and talked to, said Casey acted like it was his team. And we didn't get that same feeling from Hudson. Not that that means anything. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. that's what Casey you know uh, the feeling that he gave out, but who knows how the coaching staffs feel.
1: And that's the thing about uh, Casey. I mean, I'm not trying to pour any gas on this fire, but I remember a time when the, when when we talked to a quarterback, we had a big game, and he carried himself like a quarterback. He was athletic. Uh, he was good with the media. He had that air about him where this is a franchise-type guy for college. And the kid's name was Gerard Hurd. And he just turned out not to be that guy. And so I think that Casey, uh, when I look at – when I compare them, I do believe that Casey's a little bit more into the position, into – the studying into the mental part that goes along with it. Whereas juice may have been more about just like Vince was being the best athlete on the field and letting the chips fall where they may at the end of the day, uh, after talking to both of those guys, uh, Hudson seemed younger and less experienced. Uh, but if Hudson's a better thrower of the football and a better decision maker, and I, and I, and I've heard from my people that, that um, at this la- at one of these last practices, uh, Casey struggled. So I-, I believe the better thrower of the ball is going to be the quarterback, even if it's Hudson Card and he's not as good in some other areas.
3: Well, it's interesting. Uh, I had a friend of mine that was at a and and uh, he asked Jimbo Fisher about his quarterbacks, Haynes King and Zach Calzada, in their battle for the starting quarterback, and my friend asked Jimbo Fisher, uh, "So, what do you want more? You mentioned two of the biggest things to decide a quarterback race are decision making and
1: accuracy. Those are the two biggest.
3: And and the, my friend asked Jimbo, which is the most important? And you know what his answer was? Both.
1: I knew it. I knew it.
3: Coaches want it all. Coaches want it all, and it's hard to say. I know we've talked all summer and in the fall camp about uh, turnovers are huge, and coaches want to avoid turnovers at all costs. And we go back to the pick six Casey threw in the spring game, the first scrimmage. I specifically asked, you know, Sark, any turnovers? He said, "Yeah, Casey had one. Hudson didn't have any." So just from recent game-like action. If Casey's had two turnovers and Hudson had none and Hudson has a stronger arm, as you, you just said, and we both agree, then he's got four years of eligibility left. So, you know, maybe that tips the scales in Hudson's favor, you know, versus three years of experience on campus. And, you know,
1: and, and it's also should be mentioned, they have B. John Robinson. We're not asking Hudson card to be K uh, Colt McCoy or Sammy or VY. Uh, They're asking him to be a guy who takes care of the ball. I hate the game manager role, but when you have a Heisman trophy type running back and a pretty experienced offensive line, you're not going to, there's going to come a time when you're going to be asked to do some great things to get them over the hump. But For the most part, it's going to be Bijan's show. And I think the dynamic has changed a bit uh, with Texas because this has always been Sammy's show. And Sammy no longer lives here. And so what you're asking yourself, if you're Sarkeesian, am I going to turn it over to a guy who has been turning it over, who's been making some mistakes, but is the more experienced guy and is the more electric guy with his legs? Or am I going to give it to this kid who's got four years of eligibility remaining and also a bigger upside with his arm?
3: Yeah, it's just hard to know uh, what exactly, because we're not in the meeting rooms. We're not, you know, we have short 20, 30-minute windows in the practice. So, And what another question I asked start this week was, are, the, the teammates seem to be responding more to one player or the other, and he didn't really give a definitive answer on that. I'm I'm uh,
1: surprised you asked that question because he was never going to give you the truth, whatever uh, it is, uh, because there is truth there.
3: The way he answers may be a little bit telling. I mean, you know, because I think that's a huge thing. We talk about decision-making, arm strength, accuracy, avoiding turnovers, but, you know, a lot of times your teammates will tell you who – the starting quarterback should be. They know. I guarantee you, they probably already know. If we pulled, if they're eighty-five scholarship players, and we we talked to eighty-three of them, non-card, Nod Thompson, they would probably know. You know, that doesn't mean they're one hundred percent correct, but they probably know who they think is. And you mentioned Gerard Heard. Part of the reason Gerard Heard didn't wasn't the savior and wasn't the franchise was. They kind of took the job away from him, maybe even prematurely. You and I both loved this guy. He was—he had charisma. He had uh, all the intangibles. He was electric. What an athlete!
1: I think they tried to make him a quarterback.
3: Yeah, and they, it's kind of like they made wanted Vince to be a quarterback, and finally Greg Davis said, "Let Vince be Vince." And all he—I don't was, think, you know, I think
1: they let Juice be Juice. I think I, I think didn't. all of a sudden. Uh, um, right. people were, were, were not blitzing him and beg- and just begging him to throw the football. Right. When, and Tex- Texas kind of fell into that trap and didn't let him run. I mean, he set everything up with his legs, and yeah. and I, I really done. thought he could have been something special if they'd allowed him to develop.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. I think they pulled the string on him a little too early. And then one other thing, I don't really think Sark is looking for a game manager. You know, he's been at Alabama where, where he's seen – you know, uh, Tua and Jalen Hurts and uh, Mac Young, uh, Mac uh, Jones. So he, you know, he's he's looking at first round draft picks and people like that. So I don't think he's going to be content with a game manager very long. You know, maybe first month of the season or something. But he's going to want a quarterback and make plays. And uh, I would imagine he knows who that is. You know, sooner than later.
1: I'm going to put you on the spot right now.
3: No, don't do that.
1: Yeah. Texas OU, who's the starting quarterback? Oh, Texas OU. Besides Spencer Adler. Who started well, for the team from Texas?
3: I don't know. Uh, judging what we heard from Sark uh, a day ago, it sounded like Hudson Card is the number one guy. And I'm not sure if Hudson Card gets it, he's going to give it away. And uh, I think the other thing, too, I think if Casey Thompson is, is not given the starting job, I don't know if he might look to transfer either because he may have three years left with the COVID year, even though he's a junior, you know, and if they give the job to Hudson card as a redshirt freshman, he may think, okay, time's running out for me. I better get somewhere where I can play a year or two.
1: And that portal is that portal, man. That portal gives you a chance. Someone wants you out of the portal and you know the ones that make me laugh are the are the backup defensive linemen. Ah, I'm out of here, and then they, oh yeah, then yeah. they come groveling back. Yeah, just well,
3: don't like Jake leave. Smith. I'm sorry, Jake Smith. Left. I thought you know he had nine touchdowns in two years. I think that was more than Jordan Shipley. I thought he was a player. I hated to see him go to USC. So
1: yeah. it's going to be interesting as we as we roll toward the season opener in a couple of weeks. Looking forward to it. We're going to be all over it, of course. Um, got to thank Barry Trammel for joining us for episode 230. That's going to do it for us. For the duck, Kirk Bowles, I'm Seth Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.